What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. This week, we're going to be talking about the UFC card going down this Saturday from the UFC Apex, Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov in the main event. And we got 12 fights on the rest of this card. Not too memorable of a card, but we'll be breaking it down and giving some hard hit embedded analysis, as always. I'm joined by Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? We're here, end of June. Got through. We're, we're through six months, so congrats. To everyone that's made it through, you know, RIP to my fallen. Uh, who who's the most famous person this year that uh that you could think of that has died, Martian? Who who, who can you name that's was, passed was away? Betty was Betty White this year? No. Are you sure? <laughs> Betty White? No, I don't think so. January? Uh, December thirty first. She died. Wait, yeah, that was bro. Yeah. That was a that was that was twenty twenty one. That was a year and a half ago. Damn, I'm really out the I, fucking loop. I knew. I I knew it wasn't um. I think this year, um, the first Jim Brown, I think, is the the, the most famous person I could. Just in sports, you know, probably someone would be like, "Oh, there's some fucking actress or some shit." Maybe, hopefully, Meryl Streep. Uh, she dies sometime soon. I think she would. Uh, she would be above Tina uh, Turner. Jim Brown. Tina Turner. Tina Turner. She died this year. Oh, yeah. Shit. Damn. Well, well, yeah. So we we're about to get through six months here. We got the return of the the future lightweight champion Missouri Khabib, aka Grant Dawson. You know, in the co-main event here today or uh, this weekend, and then uh, a great pay per view next week. So you know, we got Fourth of July coming up, and uh, it's a great time to be an American. But you know, stay hard, right? Like David Goggins says. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Interesting, interesting thoughts there. Uh, yeah, drop a comment on what the the biggest celebrity death of the year is so far for you. Um, you know, yeah, for you. If, excuse me. Feel welcome to tell us why. For you, you connect with them. You know, so let us know. Um, and last week, um, the only celebrity death was uh, Josh Emmett dying a slow death of <laughs> age, um, getting destroyed out there. Uh, we thought there was value on Josh Emmett. Uh, indeed, yeah, that there was not. Out. No, there, there was value on that over though, because that boy could take a beating. And there was. Uh, man, Ilya Taporia is just so good with those intercepting shots, um, and then kind of like sliding back. And he was he was real quick, and um, yeah, he he looked really good. That was probably the most impressive performance I've seen uh, of the year in MMA. I think in the UFC, maybe there's something in Bellator or something like that. that but I don't think so because he just looks like even at the end when he started grappling i think he took him down in the fourth round and the fifth round or something like that like the transitions he was hitting you're like god damn like he was totally outclassing he should have submitted him like if it was i was surprised honestly that he didn't break his hands because when he was just hitting this guy like he's you know hitting him on his forearms and his elbows um if it was me i would have definitely tried to get him out of there with a choke uh, at some point um but that dude amazing fight by him yeah, that is true. That was great. Um, the one thing we just missed, uh, well, I heard somebody talk about it this week, is like if Josh Emmett, the fight isn't going well for him, like he doesn't have anything else like he can do. You know, he just like throws punches. And if it's not working, it's like he has no like plan B. So we we misread that one there. Uh, but some other good bets came through, you know, small profit for me on track bets. I don't know. I don't think you tracked any bets, correct? Um, uh, yeah, that start time, uh, that start time, uh, busted me up, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was solid overall. I think the only thing that I forgot what I mentioned to you, but, uh, but yeah, I think Josh, Josh Van was a good one. Um, that goes a distance, obviously in the uh, Jack Jenkins, uh, fight. 
Um, but yeah, it wasn't a, a fight card with too many like landmines in there. So it, it went no, on a, right. a lot of boring fights, a couple of questionable split decisions in there. Right. Uh, we got, we got, we got obviously Neil Magny. You know, that was an easy one though, for sure. Right. Brendan, but, Allen. Uh, Brendan Allen. That was a good one. Yeah. So it was a solid card. Good amount of dogs. Good amount. I mean, the, the card started four dogs in a row. <laughs> um, <laughs> Onama Barber came through. Those dogs be out there. Watch those those dogs. No, watch out. There's some hunters. There's some hunters out here. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. The dogs, dogs better, yeah. Them dogs better be ready to fucking duck. Yeah. Um, yeah, today is June 28th. Look out for uh Ozzy and I's merch to drop on oh, June 30 man. June 31st. Mark your calendars, everyone. Let's go. Let's go. Um, all right, we're starting things off uh, in this card. Uh, lightweight division, Guram Kudaladze taking on Elvis Brenner. Uh, short notice replacement fight thrown together here. We have uh, Guram as minus 700, uh, Brenner plus 500. Kind of the same story as Brenner's last fight was thrown to the Wolves versus Zubaira. Probably deserved to lose that fight, but got really lucky on a split decision win there. Um, you know, I don't really see any skill level or that, you know, should give Guram trouble here. But also, Guram is not like a guy who blows people out of the water. I know he's fought tough competition so far. Maybe this will be the time that he, uh, you know, gets his first, like, solid, like, dominant win. Um, but, you know, Brenner's not, you know, horrible anywhere. So I, I think it's, you know, there's nothing to be bet here money line wise. Um, I don't see any bets on the fight, really. Maybe the fight to end in split decision at, you know, 10 to 1 odds or something. Um, what about you? Any any bets here? Yeah, I'm not digging this whole crew. You know, uh, freaking Guram, Latifi, uh, Hamza. I'm not digging this whole Scandinavian, Swedish, you know, contingency they got going up over there. Um, so no way. Don't want to touch anything Guram related. The over here. I mean, maybe is the only thing that you can maybe, you know, maybe consider just thinking that Brenner, maybe he can, you know, get in, get on the inside, grapple a little bit, right? Be in the clinch, not, not to, you know, at distance for the whole fight. But, um, but yeah, maybe a shot at that. I think, I guess you could get close to distance, close to even money. Um, but Guran probably, probably smashes him, but. I'm not digging the the whole vibe of those guys. So you never know. Like, this guy could be injured. Although, I will say, he did pull out of that fight. It was last month. They said it was, like, visa stuff. I don't think he had an injury. So, whatever. Next fight. I agree. That's enough about that one. Moving on. Heavyweight division. Alexander Romanov, Blagoy Ivanov. Odds for this one have Romanov minus 135. Blagoy coming back plus 115. Uh, who you got here in the heavyweight fight? Love this heavyweight fight. I love this tier of heavyweight. Because you got a guy like Blagoy, so experienced. Um, and then you have you'll have always these uh kind of like Russian wrestler guys like Romanov. Although I was high on Romanov when he first came in. He was actually matched up with Tybora, and then that fight actually never happened. Um but obviously some sketchy stuff has been going on with him lately. You know, he's never had good cardio going into three rounders. And Blagoy is just, he just experienced, like, like I said, he ha is like master sambo himself, some judo, you know, does some judo shit as well. So I just think it's going to be hard to just take him down and like pound him out, finish him. He's only been submitted once. Um, the, My only concern is, as I always say with every Blagoy fight, he's Francis Ngannou's main training partner. So he's taking a lot of shots, right? So, but, you know, we know that Romanov, uh, he's got pillow for hands. You know, you saw those little, you know, taps that he was giving, uh, what's his name? Tybora. It looked like he was trying to, you know, B 
beat him off, you know, instead of beat him up. But uh, <laughs> he's got no he's got no fucking power. So um, that being said, I kind of makes me lean to Blagoy because I think it's going to be a longer fight. Um, Blagoy is more experienced in there. He's got good, decent hands. He knows how to fight in the clinch. Um, but I mean, he could get dog walk <laughs> also, you know, maybe in the wrestling. Um, but I, I'll roll with Blagoy. He's also, ha- you don't know with Romanov how much he weighs. So I would be interested to see him at weigh-ins, you know, maybe before lock, locking, in, locking in the bet. But, uh, but yeah. No, oh, he's fat again. I forgot. Well, you got to look into that. So I'll yeah. go with Blagoy. Good point about the weigh-ins there. I, I think you really do have to wait to see because uh, Romanov, I mean, he's always been kind of a gasser, kind of slows down as the fight goes, but never as bad as his last fight versus Volkov. I mean, he gained, uh, you know, 15, 20 pounds before that fight, looked super fat, fought terribly, gassed out, and got finished right away. I mean, all-time uh, bad performance from Romanov there. Maybe he's kind of, you know, done with MMA and that was a performance that kind of showed it. Uh, I don't I'm not quite ready to write him off quite yet, but I do think uh, I'm looking at the Blagoy side here because, uh, you know, he's the underdog. And I just think that the only way Romanov's going to look the favorite is if he gets takedowns in the first round. If he doesn't get a takedown in the first round, I mean, I think he's pretty fucked in this fight, to be honest. I mean, he's the worst striker. He has the worst cardio. He's less experienced. And he just kind of collapses if he can't get the fight to the floor. His whole game is stand at distance, throw a big left kick, shoot his takedown. And if that doesn't work, uh, he usually gasses out and kind of wilts and quits in there. So if you're looking at the over here, over one and a half is minus 200. They think this fight is 67% likely to see the second half of the fight. Well, then how is Romanov favored, in my opinion? You know, how is he favored if the fight is supposed to go into the second half of the fight? I think the only way that Romanov looks to figure it if he has, you know, very early and often success here. And when the thing is, when the guy gets on top, he usually just goes, you know, ape shit with, with strikes trying to get a stoppage. And if he doesn't get that stoppage, he's kind of likely to gas out like he did versus Tibura. Um, he was able to sustain it to finish guys like Roman or not Romanov, uh, Vandera and Rogue Martinez and, you know, Delima. But I think, you know, Blagoy's a tier or two above all those guys. He's a much more experienced fighter. He's a pretty good defensive wrestler as well. So I just think that this fight is not going to be easy for, uh, for Romanov anywhere. And that's going to lead to him slowing down and gassing out and probably quitting in the second half of the fight. So, um, it is a fight where I I could understand you waiting to take Blagoy live, waiting to see how he deals with the early takedowns. But there's a good chance this fight, you know, flips on, you know, at this, uh, you know, just flips in one second. Right. You know, where Romanov might be going for a takedown and then all of a sudden his takedown fails and he's on bottom and the fight's over and you can't live bet him. So I think Blagoy at plus money is good before the fight. Also, Blagoy round two, round three, plus a thousand, plus twelve hundred are pretty good as well. Um, enough about that one. We're going to move on to featherweight division next. Joe Anderson Brito taking on Weston Wilson. Odds for this one, Brito, massive favorite, minus uh, 1,400. Wilson, plus 800. So, obviously, squash match here. Wilson, low-tier fighter, been finished a lot of times. You know, probably doesn't even deserve to be in the UFC. Um, and this guy is just like a, a karate wannabe fighter. You know, he tries to do this karate. Uh, it, it, it's pretty bad. He's a bad grappler. I honestly think Brito is the, you know, better than him everywhere. Has a good chance to hurt him and knock him out on the feet. But I do like the sub in this fight. Uh, I, I bet it last night at plus 175. Um, the odds on it now. Oh, it's going up. It's going up. Plus 200 on the Whoa. sub. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, 
this guy, I'm just watching his fights, uh, his one fight against this guy, Carlson Friel, from just two years ago. I mean, the guy gets taken down, his guard pass dominated on the mat. So I think even if Brito hurts him with the punch here, it's very likely to follow up on the floor and for uh, Brito to get a sub. So I like that sub at two to one. Yeah, not not much commentary here. I mean, Brito, he's tough. Obviously, he's tough to finish, you know, so... I mean, maybe this guy could throw some spinning stuff, you know, but just looks to be a, a physicality disadvantage here um, against a guy in Brito who's, who's a super, what the kids say, bricked up nowadays. And, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I, I, I see Brito being really aggressive here and looking for that bonus. But uh, nice bathroom break fight right there. Speaking of bathroom break fights, next fight, women's flyweight division, Ivana. Petrovic taking on Luana Carolina. Odds for this one. Petrovic Oof. minus 220. Carolina plus 185. You'll mm. see people call her Petrovic. You'll people see people call her Siric. She's on books as both of them. But, you know, what are your thoughts on this woman making her UFC debut? Mm, yeah, I'm not sure about this girl here. She's a little sketchy to me. I mean, I think she knows. It's like with a lot of these female prospects. Like, I guess she, she has, like, some kind of idea of what's going on, what she's trying to do. But the, the level of competition that she has is just not very, uh, ex- like, just the girls are just not very thoughtful. I don't know how to explain it. But um, she just doesn't look to me to have, like, punching power for one, obviously, right? So I think she'll, she'll probably look for uh, some takedowns here on our girl Luana. But our girl Luana, she's been improving. You know, she, she's long for the weight class. She's used to girls looking for takedowns on her. You know, this girl doesn't really have tons of horsepower. She's she's gotten a few, you know, a few re-naked chokes and stuff like that. But, you know, that's the other thing I like to look for. Like, if you are a ground, you know, person, I would, you know, like to see a few a few different uh, submissions. And like, la- like that last girl that she submitted, it was in, you know, the championship rounds, I believe uh right yeah and uh and it was at 125 right or or no this fight is at 125 so but the girl has a, a previous fights at 115 um whereas luana i mean this girl's uh quite a bit bigger um i think she could use the body kick maybe keep it at range i just think this fight is definitely a lot closer you know the first first fight in the states i think for um uh for this guy peck uh petrovic um and Luana's a 93 girl as well, so that doesn't hurt. And she's a Gemini. So let's go, Luana Carolina. How many units? Three. Uh, nah, he's capping. I, I mean, Luana's the side here, but I really think that, that 1.5 units is the uh, the Martian maximum, I would say, on this Fine, fight. all right, well, perfect. Exactly how I was trying to tell you. So this is like the Nicholas Mota thing I told you. Hey, there's a, but you know what, Martian? When you think there's an edge in women's MMA, bro, is usually there. And Luana Carolina, five and two in decisions. This girl, she's been in more decisions than this other girl has had freaking fights. Don't hate on my girl. And she's been active. She she well, got killed by spinning back elbow last year. But it's her second fight of the year. She's coming for this bitch's head. Now, I'll finish what I'm saying. And is that Carolina is the side here, but I do think she has, you know, some good upside at plus 185. She's more experienced, more proven. I think she probably has an advantage in the clinch in this fight. The striking, I think, has potential to be very even between these two. Um, but she also does have potential to get, you know, taken down and just dominated on bottom. Carolina is a an atrocious grappler. So, 
if Petrovic, Petrovic hits, you know, a takedown here in round one and Carolina's just flat on her back and then going into round two, uh, you know, Petrovic is fucking minus 900, wouldn't surprise me. And I don't think it would surprise anybody out there, really. So I just think you guys got to, you, you know, minimize the risk here. Uh, I think Carolina is a good dog, but not one you go too crazy on at all just because she is, uh, you know, a bum fighter. Um, so. Uh, I, I do have questions about Petrovic. Don't think she's that good anywhere. Uh, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll take the more experienced fighter at near two to one. Um, but that'll move us along to another women's fight uh, in the featherweight division. Uh, could be one of the last fights in women's featherweight history. Uh, Yana. You Sankar. love that. You love that. Huh? Oh, hell yeah. To get these women out of work. Um, Yana Santos, a.k.a. Kunitskaya, taking on Carol Hosa. The odds for this one have Hosa. As the favorite, minus 170, Yana Santos, plus 145. What is she to you, Ozzy? Is she Santos or is she? Oh, will she always be Kuna's guy? No, she's Santos, dude. Have you seen fucking Tiago? Dude, of course she's Santos. I want to, I'd like to see if the, I'm going to look on her Instagram to see if there's any pictures of their baby. I bet it, that baby's going to be one hell of an athlete with the well, Russian. Maybe, me, Martian, maybe, maybe you give it a little time, bro. It hasn't even selected if it wants to be a, you know, boy or a girl. That's yet, true. So. That's true. Yeah, how about you get you, how about you give it some time, dude, before you start snooping around? Facts. Um, that's very inclusive of you. That's good to hear. Um, but, um, so this fight, uh, I guess, I guess Hosa should win. I don't know. Santos. I don't know. I have no thoughts. I have no thoughts here. Hosa, I guess, I guess the line is right, but the, but both these women are terrible and this fight will go to the decision. Uh, it'll probably be a Hosa decision here. What what are you thinking? So I'll tell you, I watched today two, uh, one of Yana's Santos's, uh, her, the last fight against Holly Holm. I watched it like three different times, which is insane. It's crazy. So I watched like 45, 45 minutes worth. Um, but it's just because I had it on loop, and I was like, "Let me see, like, what happened in this fight? Like, how did Yana sound? How did this end up happening to her?" Because I remember she was on the brink of, get, of being finished and all. Um, and Carol Hosa, the thing is, she she doesn't have real pa- punching power. She is small. I mean, she's not small. She never makes one thirty five. So she's like fine for the one forty five weight class. But at no point is she ever going to have punching power. So she's going to have to overwhelm Yana, maybe take her down, right? Obviously, she has the ground advantage. But then when she is on the ground, she's not very slick on the ground or athletic. So I don't really think she's going to finish Yana either. Yana's just a really good goes-the-distance girl. She's tough. She, she's, you know, she's gritty enough. Like, she'll, you know, uh, pummel really well with you going over-unders and shit like that. So I think this the fight will go the distance. And with that being said, I... You know, there's probably a little value on Yana because why would you want to lay 180 or 170? I guess here on uh, on Hosa, like Hosa just not. I don't know. She's just not it. Like, who is this lady? Like, could you imagine Carol Hosa fighting for a UFC belt? That'd be insane. But like, it could. Like, it's a great chance for it to happen. Like, more than a. If, mm, I told you plus four hundred. I give you plus four hundred that Carol Hosa. Fights for a UFC title in her career. Like, no, what do you think? Taking, you want to take that? No. I'm taking the no on that. You, well, um, so, what, so, what would you need? Like, plus like 800? Yeah, sure. Eight. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'll take her. I'll pick her in the fight. Yeah, I mean, her. I guess uh, the odds for this one had to end by split or plus 230. About as, as low as you'll ever. Plus 230. See. Wow. 
That's horrible, honestly. Honestly, they, the, the now Bet Online has the split props. They have the fight to not end by split decision at uh, minus two ninety. Honestly, that's uh, what am I talking about? That's a terrible bet. <laughs> um, enough about that shit. Uh, moving on to the light or no, excuse me, welterweight division here. Uh, Kevin Lee taking on Hinat Fakradinov. I don't know if it's Hinat, but we're used to Hinat. Hinat. We're used to silencing the, the R's to H's uh, like we just did with Hosa. So Kevin Lee's return to the UFC here. Uh, give us your thoughts on this one, Ozzy. Uh, yeah, so I love it. I like this fight, you know, here. Um, obviously, Hinat likes this fight as well because he had a no Muslims policy on his hit list. But uh, somehow Kevin Lee made his way on there because he's like, whatever, dude, this guy converted. He's fake as fuck. And uh, I think that Hinat will come out ahead in this fight. I think he made a good decision taking this fight here. Um, you know, Kevin Lee, a few things with him. One, guy got his knee absolutely destroyed by a leg kick by Diego Sanchez. First strike to hit him. He's just kind of fragile now. You know, unfortunately, he's a 92 guy. But he just got these bad injuries, man, and, and never really recovered from them. You saw how he was getting, uh, like, his knee was, like, torqued and, like against Charles Oliveira. Like, he just, his knees were always kind of a little, like, messed up from that and just from all other things. So I just think that he's lost a lot of his athleticism. He's always had pillows for hands. Even that Diego Sanchez fight was at 165. Frakardinov, on the other hand, used to fight at 185. He's trucked these guys at 170 that he's fought. Yeah, Mikalidis, did he do this and that in their third? Whatever, dude. Mikalidis, just like uh, the... Uh, the you know the spartans launched a one fucking final attack or whatever it is you know he they got a few attacks down there in greece if you know what i mean and uh and yeah and then Fakadimov went back to you know smashing him so i think so it's gonna happen here the fight's gonna get elongated maybe a goes the distance maybe a a, a over two and a half or you know a, a muslim you know islam uh peace peace treaty between these guys could definitely see it you know kevin lee um, is a good grappler, so he could probably stay safe if Hanat is not fucking him up like he he was Brian Battle. But he, you know, Brian, he's Kevin Lee does not have the resilience to Brian Battle. So if that fight goes the same, it's gonna be over, I think, unless, like I said, peace treaty. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just think it'll probably go this distance. Kevin Lee, like I said, pillows for hands can only win by submission, in my opinion. Um, and Hanat has never been knocked out, he's only you know. He lost like once by submission. I think it was like a submission he lost. I don't know. He's never been knocked out though. Um, so yeah, I got he not one minus one eighty six. Let's go. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything there. Um, I think Hinat will take this one very, very likely by decision as well. Um, you know, Kevin Lee, that last fight against Diego Sanchez was just pathetic, honestly. I mean, he almost lost that fight. Like I know it was unanimous decision. He might have won all three rounds technically, but like all three rounds were like actually competitive and close, uh, which if you're doing that versus Diego Sanchez in the year 2022, um, something's wrong. Um, and Kevin Lee has only got signed to the UFC again because his brother Keith Lee is a very popular uh, food reviewer and critic on TikTok. And the UFC is trying to, I don't even know, they're trying to maneuver their way to Keith somehow and they got to get through Kevin first. Kevin this week was talking shit on the UFC apex. He was like, what the fuck are we doing here? 
the pandemic's over. Why are we still fighting in this empty ass arena? So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but um, Renat, you know, just very, very risk adverse style. This guy's looking to get his takedowns. He's looking to get the fight to the floor. He's looking to win in a very uh, risk adverse fashion. I like to see it. Um, our boy Scrap compared him to uh, Narulo Aliyev, the lightweight from Tajikistan, you know, same style. And he's right. You know, just get all you got to do is get three takedowns a fight and you win the fight because you keep that takedown. Renat's very good at keeping guys down after he gets them down. I could see it being initially difficult for to get Lee down. But the fact that Lee's going to be undersized here, he's a gasser, always slows down in his fights, coming off a, a pretty long layoff and just looking uninspired against uh, Diego Sanchez. He's got some lingering knee issues. I don't know, man. I get the feeling that Kevin Lee is kind of one foot out the door here and Renat is just beginning his ascension. So this one should be a Renat decision. Um, and honestly, yeah, his money line is good. Like as he said, anything under 235, I think is is good on Renat. So uh, that'll take us to the main card here. Uh, middleweight division. Uh, interesting one we got here. Uh, Nur Sultan Ruzabayev uh, taking on Bruno Ferreira. Um, yeah, I don't even know. off the tongue. Yeah, I don't know. I'm calling him NR. Honestly, I think that's a good abbreviation. Um, taking on Bruno. Uh, odds for this one. Bruno favored. I believe he is up to minus two ten. Let me pull this shit up. Minus two twenty. NR coming back plus one eighty five. Uh, what are your thoughts here on uh, NR making his UFC debut on short notice? How do you, how do you say his last name again? Um, I don't know. I'm speculating here, but I would say. Ruzabayev. All right, so Philly Ruz. We got Philly Ruz because he trains at Hansel Gracie Philly against this guy, Bruno. You know, Bruno, he's a little fire hydrant. We've seen this kind of fighter before, you know, tons of times. He's almost like, uh, J- what's her, uh, Nunez, what, J- Jazane? Well, yeah, that's a good I one. I don't know. He, he's kind of like her, but he obviously knows how to grapple. You know, he's a mixed martial artist. Um, But, you know, this guy's got a powerful left hand, obviously RoboCop. And uh, Martian and I all felt it when he when he connected on his chin. And um, but from since then, I think he's been training mostly in for- in Florida. Don't quote me on that. But I have seen some footage of this guy training with um, uh, what's this guy's name? Um, uh, what's the Bruno? The Bruno that just got knocked out by uh, by, or Silva? choked out by yes, Bruno Silva uh, and a few other guys. Phil Rowe, I think, was in there with him. He was looking good, working these takedowns. So he's really good at throwing these left hands, getting like scooping up a takedown, you know, stuff like that. Kind of, you know, reminds me a little bit of Rebecca as well, you know, who just fought also. So I just think this other dude, he just lets you get in on two good uh, positions often. He is dangerous, I think. Uh, my boy Philly, the, the Philly guy, NR Philly. But um, but I just think that he's gonna like, put himself in some bad positions, be on the back foot at some point. Um, so I think he's like round one or bust. Honestly, I think he could maybe scoop up a submission. Maybe if he gets a takedown or gets a back clinch, takes the back, something like that. But I honestly even doubt that because this guy's jujitsu, I think, is not is pretty good, Bruno. So I got Bruno minus one eighty, a little bit at minus one eighty five, and uh, and yeah, I'm rolling with him. Yeah, that's a good price. I mean, it's been getting steam the past few days. I was kind of hoping that maybe uh, after the weigh-ins, you people would see, you know, NR being six inches taller, and maybe there would be some steam on him. 
Um, but I don't think it's coming back at this point. So the price is probably gone. And yeah, just rewatching Bruno's fights. This guy is a lot better than I gave him credit for. Um, you know, that that Robocop fight. I mean, I think I mean, rewatching it. I mean, he was in that fight the entire time. And, uh, you know, before catching the chin, it wasn't anything, you know, too out of the blue. But uh, this guy just has a good idea how to, you know, use, uh, you know, his shorter stature to, you know, get inside on guys. You know, he's used to being the smaller guy, middleweight. He knows how to get inside, you know, with his punches. Uh, you saw it uh, w with Robocop. You know, he missed that one punch and then he just, you know, flowed, flowed right in. He threw range. the other punch. He threw the other punch. Exactly. He threw one yes. hand and then he threw the other hand. Boom. That's sweet, sweet science. Um, Ping pong. But honestly, Bruno's like can hit takedowns too. And this guy, NR, like he goes down instantly from any takedown attempt. His takedown, he really does. <laughs> and and then also, guys, rewatch watching their fights. Something I'm going to tell you: an exact sequence is going to happen. If this fight hits the floor, Bruno will mount uh, Ruzaboyev, right? He will mount him. And then this thing, Ruzaboyev does this thing where he he actually like gives guys like a mounted triangle because he knows that if he bucks over and he puts his one of his arms underneath their leg, <laughs> they will go for the mounted triangle. And then he he uses the momentum and then slides he out under him, backs yeah. him or or slams him on the ground. He slammed this one guy oh, in yeah. brave and just completely bodied this guy. Um, but and then I was rewatching one of Bruno's fights and the exact sequence happens where he's in mount and this guy puts his arm under the leg and he rolls for the mounted triangle. It's going to fucking happen, guys. So look out for that. You know, if Bruno's in mount, just know that he will be reversed and he might even get slammed on his, the back of his head at one point if he goes for that triangle. So um, I think, you know, NR has pretty big fraud vibes. Uh, I mean, a lot of his wins are, you know, really weird fights and I really don't have a a super sound idea of the guy. He could be better than I, than I'm anticipating, but the guy doesn't look very good at, at anything. MMA related in, in my opinion. So I got to go Bruno here. Bruno also, Bruno also, uh, he's good at judo. He's like a judo black belt. Really he's good. Some shit like that. Yeah. And, and Ruzavoya, he, um, he used to fight at 170. Only good thing he's got going for him is he's a 93 guy. And training in Philadelphia. Exactly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's in trouble this weekend. I like that the Brazilian, the Brazilian fire hydrant. I think we should, we should uh, call, we should yes. trademark that. Shit. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down for that. There's a couple more fire hydrants in this next fight in the lightweight division. Benoit Saint Denis taking on Ismael Bonfin. Bonfin, massive favorite, and no sign of slowing down. Minus three thirty-five on Bonfin. Saint Denis plus <clears throat> two seventy-five here. Um, so. Uh, my turn to start this one off. So bon, both these guys are good, in my opinion. Both really quality fighters. Bonfine, you know, great debut in his last fight. Um, you know, nasty knockout was winning that fight up until that point pretty decisively. But in my opinion, we got to contextualize that fight. And uh, you got to think, you know, do you rate Terrence McKinney higher or lower than the rest of the market? In my opinion, is is definitely lower. Um, and there will be an investment opportunity coming up with that in just a few weeks here. But um Terrence McKinney is just not a good fighter, in my opinion. This guy's a finish, a round one finisher, bus fighter. He either hit, throws a head kick at you and finishes you in round one, uh, or he doesn't really know how to, you know, how to fight. Honestly, so um, I rate that win lower than the market, and I just think that Bonfine is is definitely getting overrated here based on that win. It was a, it was an incredible knockout, flying knee knockout, probably one of the best of the year so far. 
But I think that that's, that's why he's getting a little overvalued here versus St. Denis. I mean, St. Denis is tough. He's not a bad striker, and he's a really good grappler. And this guy has really good pace. He's got cardio for days. Uh, you know, we saw him be very durable in that fight versus uh, Zaleski. That was at 170. We don't know if that durability is going to hold down here at 155. But, you know, just, just the resilience that he showed in that fight. I feel like this guy is going to be tough. So you're getting a guy who has you know, durability, cardio, and I think is a, a well above average grappler and a decent striker to go along with it. I just don't see how he's near a three to one underdog here. I think this line is off by a good, a good amount. I already have a bet on St. Denis, but I'm going to be forced to add on it because the line just keeps going up. So, uh, you know, I just think that this line is, is getting out of hand. I think Bonfine, maybe two to one favorite would be okay. Uh, but you know, this where it's at, you know, past 75%, man, this is getting crazy. Um, you think St. Denis is getting undervalued here as well, or what? France's finest, the pride of France, uh, James Bond incarnated, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis, um, for sure, is being a bit disrespected here. Like I said, Southpaw striker here, you know, um, which I, I really haven't seen Bonfine go against too many. And I will say, you know, Bonfine, I, I did like what he did against Terrence McKinney, you know, regardless of, oh, you know, whatever, who the guy, who the other person was. I just, you know, enjoyed seeing, you know, the intercepting shots similar to what Ilya Teporia had going on. Um, the big strikes, right? You know, throwing these flying knees. And uh, he just had his timing, you know, really well. But I think w with a guy like St. Denis, who, he he himself uses feints uh pretty good. Um, can mix it up, right? Can go for takedowns, or if he just wants a box, I guess he could do that as well. Probably wouldn't recommend it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when he goes to the ground, he does a good job of you know tying up the legs, and he gets some really good positions there. And uh, Bonfin doesn't really look like a, a offensive grappler from um from you know the bottom or uh, non advent uh, advantageous positions. So I think uh, Bonfi or um, Saint Denis definitely has the advantage there. Um, so this should this could definitely be a close fight overall. Obviously, we saw that the guy's durable, um, Saint Denis. So I mean, he he checks off a lot of boxes on why you would want to take him. And uh, you know, obviously, Bonfi probably having a brother who whipped as as well is uh, giving him even more you know air to his sails. So we can start off with the fade Bonfi you know, train now and see where it gets us. So not a bad candidate in St. Denis. And you kind of have to subtract a little bit from, you know, his last fight was in Brazil. He definitely got probably an advantage from that. So this apex and um, maybe the cold train killer in Benoit St. Denis, it could be his night on, uh, on Saturday like to hear it we're on the same page there uh that's going to move us along to the next fight another mm -hmm. women's fight the last one uh luckily in the women's flyweight division ariana lipsky versus melissa gatto two fine brazilian women here squaring up you see um, why couldn't you just have said that instead of all that other shit you gotta be negative before. bro gotta be negative i love uh, some good pessimism uh and just uh, uh criticism you know love it uh, minus 231 gatto plus 196 lipsky which Brazilian woman will win a split decision here, Ozzy? You know, th these are two women that I've heavily supported in the past. Um, you know, both have burned me, obviously. Both we've had happy moments, we've had sad moments, right? But that's the game that we play, right? That is the game that we play. Someone put that on the t-shirt. See, see the kind of graphic that uh, Chad GPT will give you for that. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I just like Gato. You know, Gato overall, right? She's shown her striking. She's shown that she goes for takedowns. She just, I mean, it was driving me crazy that Tracy Cortez fight. But I just knew her struggle as a grappler myself. Um, you know, someone who's known the armbar uh, a person or two. You know, you kind of on top of these wrestlers and you're looking down on them. You're like, man, these wrestlers are so stupid. Like, I'm about to submit him and they're going right into like where I want them to be. And then the joke's on fucking you. Cause they'll come out on top, these weasel little bastards with their little tight goddamn hips. And that's what happened with Tracy Cortez. But you know who don't have hips that, that lie, that don't lie? Ariane Lipsky, dude. And the one one uh thing of proof you need to see is that Montana De La Rosa fight. Because the girl was helpless off her back. And if you want to double down on it, you could look at the Antonina Shevchenko fight, which was even worse. You know, that being said on the feet. You know, the girl, you know, she could, she throws good punches. You know, she, she is a solid striker, but she can't, she doesn't really have that one punch power that can really put you out. It needs to be like successive blows and, you know, to demotivate you. And then she can't really follow you up on the ground either. She's horrible at that. She's probably going to get submitted if she does try to do that. Um, so I just feel that Gato should win, but I don't really want to bet it like that because there's nothing worse, right, Martian? Then when you lay the juice on the fucking women's MMA favorite and some shit's happening where maybe she's not going for a takedown or, you know, she gets dropped in the first round. And then you're just like, man, like the deadest duck ticket you could possibly ever have. Um, so I'm good. But good luck to both the ladies. Hope they get fight of the night. 50 grand bonus. You know, no but I'll pick I'll pick I'll pick I'll pick uh, Melissa Gatto. You know, unfortunately, the lines for the same game parlays are not out for this fight. But when they do oh, drop, this would be a great candidate. Yeah, look out for that Melissa Gatto one. Uh, didn't even mention it early on. Ozzy was probably hoping I didn't mention it. But last week, a Brazilian woman did hit a round one takedown, did cash that same game parlay. I, uh, I, I, I Moral victory for me. I predicted the takedown that she would need to get. The exact, and she did exact takedown. The exact a moral victory. I actually think that's a bigger win than... Then you, you know, that dumbass same game parlay, but whatever. Yeah. That, that's not, I mean, I ended up betting goes the distance and still lost in the fight. So you might be right about that one. There you go. Um, Honest but, man. But, you know, um, so the thing about Gatto's grappling style is that her takedowns are okay, but she's very back take oriented. And, you know, she also does kind of slip off the back from time to time as well. And then once she's on bottom herself, she just goes for arm bars and goes for submissions and she lays on her back for long, long periods of time. So, she got a butterfly guard. You didn't see. Yeah, you see you. You probably didn't see that butterfly. No, she got a bag. Yeah, she swept, she swept. I remember Sajara with a nice butterfly sweep. You know, um, Sajara is a world champion. And I, I wasn't Sajara. I think it was someone else. But no, I think it was um, maybe. Um, anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, so Gatto, you know, I, I do. She is the better grappler here. Lipsky is a terrible grappler. Ozzy brought up a lot of good points about how bad of a grappler Lipsky is. And, you know, she is bad, bad enough of a grappler that you're at the point where it's like any any woman who's likely to attempt a takedown on her. You're probably going to want to stay away from Lipsky. And that's probably true. Um, she is two to one. I do think I do think you cannot lay juice on Gatto. I wouldn't I wouldn't lay like 
minus 150 or more, honestly. So if you're feeling risky, I guess there is value on Lipsky. I think distance-wise, mm-hmm. it should be competitive, probably even in, in favor of Lipsky. And then even if Gatto's getting her ideal fight, say she gets a takedown, say she gets a back take, there's a possibility she slips off that back take and just ends the round on her back for the rest of the round. So she's nowhere near reliable enough of a grappler like a woman like um cortez or not cortez um uh de la rosa like ozzy mentioned amanda Re- uh, amanda Heba. yeah i mean even even antonina shevchenko i mean i remember betting shevchenko in that fight against lipsky uh but i don't know man gado could could do a whole bunch of foolery in this fight and Sounds I like you, you trust a lot of women wow you trust antonina shevchenko wow yeah. at the time i did that was before mm-hmm. i first reformed and didn't lay juice on women's mma fights but um yeah, that's enough about that one. Um, I I would say uh, dog or pass, but you know, gross, gross fight. Maybe Lipsky live bet. On to the next one, welterweight division banger of a fight here. This fight is gonna be fireworks. Uh, with the way these guys match up, uh, just hard to see it not being fun. Max Griffin taking on Michael Morales, the undefeated young prospect. Morales getting another uh, you know, good step up in competition here. Morales minus two fifty, Griffin plus two ten. Um. Man, I I like Max Griffin a lot. You know, historically been betting on him a lot. I just think the guy's kind of underrated. He's he's not a very flashy guy, but he uh, he's pretty consistent, man. I mean, he's getting up there in age. He is 37 now, uh, but the guy has always been, you know, a pretty hard hitter. He's got a lot of knockdowns. I think he's had a knockdown in eight straight fights. Um, he's got decent takedowns. He's got decent cardio as well. So I just think the guy has been pretty underrated throughout most of his career. I would I would imagine that if you bet one unit on him in every fight, you would be up uh, a good amount. Um, so I just think that he's the, he's the side here two to one again. Just looking at Michael Morales' career, I mean, even his last fight, I mean, he was fighting Adam Fugit, and that fight was close, man. I mean, it was it was one one on majority scorecards heading into round three. Uh, you know, when Fugit took Morales down and kept him on bottom for a little bit, even on the feet, Morales' style is just very volatile. I mean, he kind of just trades. You know, he 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 lands hard shots of his own, but he also gets hit a lot. He pulls his head in a straight line back all the time, and I think that Max Griffin is going to be live to either hit him with some hard punches in the feet here or hit his own takedowns and have some wrestling upside here. So I just think I Max go Griffin back. is not going to take this guy down. No, bro. He will. He will. No, he's not. He will take him down. No. I mean, he's, he's pretty reliable to go for takedowns, bro. He think, will, but he's not going to consistently get takedowns. I don't think he's going to put on like a 30-27 performance, but I, I can almost guarantee you he will put Morales on the back here. And and just if you look at Morales' last fight against Fugit, man, he he got taken down and he laid flat on his back for a good two minutes. Um, so it just doesn't seem like he has good scrambling ability. doesn't seem like he's used to being put on his back. And if Griffin puts him there, it could be the round. And I, I honestly think Griffin's live to hurt him with a punch here, the way Morales pulls his head straight back. So um, I got Max Griffin here, easy bet. Easy click plus two hundred uh, for a unit minimum. Might even be more than that. Um, what do you What do you think in here? I got this fight to go the distance, go over, go go to the judges. Max Griffin, what's gonna happen is he's gonna be circling around, throwing leg kicks. Morales is gonna be chucking haymakers and probably not finding him. Probably gonna be a, a close, you know, end up being a close fight because he's not able to land effectively on Max Griffin. Max Griffin's able to go to the clinch and. I just feel is very likely to to go over. Max Griffin is also tough. Like even if he is a guy that gets dropped, like it's gonna be a hard guy to finish. 
Um, and then I think kind of same thing for Michael Morales, but obviously you don't really know the guy's like 22 or whatever, 23, but, uh, that's a 20, all 24, excuse me. So, uh, that is, uh, yeah, that's what I think is. And he's got like a long reach. I just see the fight either being far out or, you know, in close. So freshly 24, just turned a couple weeks ago. Crazy. How many weeks? How many weeks ago? Like four days ago. Um, Crazy to think that we are the same age and just look at the different places we are in life. I mean, how much more yeah. successful, how much more successful I am than him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when you were a Latino, bro, you'd be way, way, way further. You, you, fuck, you fuck with the Ecuadorians, don't you? I th- you got, you got. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I, oh, Martian. Wow. Damn. This it's, it's, it's Michael Morales for sure. Cause that <laughs> day on Saturday is Ecuadorians day. I'm with them. Why? What? It, oh, you are? You're going to be with them? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, uh, guys, for sure. Yeah. The, guys, decision. the inside joke here is that we, we were so confident, uh, Ozzy especially, so confident in Dom Cruz over Marlon Vera. And the night of the fight, Ozzy messages us. He goes, I shit you guys not. I am hanging out with Ecuadorians tonight. Yo, and sure enough, sure enough, Vera punts his head off into the crowd. Um, but on, on off a, a sour note, onto a positive note, we got Grant Dawson co-main event time taking on Demir Ismagulov, lightweight division. Hell of a matchup here. The line is now a pick'em. Grant Dawson was an underdog uh, for the past couple weeks. He's now a pick'em, being steamed in the market. The market loves Grant Dawson. The market is finally catching on. Ozzy, give us your expert analysis on this fight. The market could try the, their hardest, but the market does not love Grant Dawson. Like I love Grant Dawson. And I've been riding the bull since I remember you were like, dude, why do you even like this guy? He's so mid. He's the worst. He's and, obviously, and obviously, Martian, you're just behind, bro. You're not a forward. You, you can't see forward, bro. You could barely see your hand, you know, right in front of your fucking face. But, um, you know, because you're just a, a, a immediate, you know, a feedback kind of guy. But, you know, Grand Austin, he's shown you the guy. When, you, when people lock up with him, he's gorilla strong. Don't ask me how. Don't know. Being from Nebraska, I guess. Um, he's got great takedowns, right? Better takedowns than people will give him credit for. But he's got some good entries to him. He's, you know, but he's also super crafty with getting to your back. And it's something that we've seen in submission grappling, right? And just the, the no-gi side of things. Some of these guys that they're just crazy back takers. Like, you can't keep them. They, they, just the way that they angle their bodies, they get behind you, they get these body triangles, and then they choke your ass out. And it's super tough. And I'll tell you as well, the rear naked choke that uh, he got Jared Gordon with, uh, it's like a hand-pummeling thing that now everybody's doing. And he, both him and Tiago Moises were the first people I've ever seen do it. And then after I'm seeing Craig Jones do it, Mikey Musumeki do it the same way. Um, I'm not saying the guy created it, but obviously I'm just telling you the guy's a great grappler on the ground. Um, and Demir, you know, he's he's just a fundamental guy. He's just like a kind of guy that if you allow yourself to have a close fight with him, it'll happen. But if you try harder than him, some a lot of times like he can be overwhelmed. You saw what what's his name? The um Tiago uh what's his name? Rafael Alves. Uh, did in like one of those round kind of like just bum rush them. He's just uh, athletically not that high level. Um, gives up position, like I said, 
Um, and then looks to keep you in these neutral areas where he can just pick at you and pick at you. Um, I don't think Grand Austin's going to let that happen. I think, um, you know, this fight uh, will be high-paced, you know, in some ways. And he's going to have a lot of opportunities to get to his preferred uh, preferred positions. But, you know, would it surprise me if the guy gassed him something, you know, was trying to get to hold this guy's back. You know, Demir's moving around and, you know, Demir gets him off him, you know, and he like ends up on top, ground and pounding, ground and pounding him, and then he could, you know, turn the tide. No, it wouldn't surprise me. But going into the fight, I think Grand Dawson has a lot of advantages over in this style matchup. I agree, and I have come along uh, with the, my Grand Dawson opinion. Um, you know, the, the the Glenn fight was a draw, but um, the uh, the past three fights before that, I have profited on on Grant. Um, so I'm grateful to the guy. I, I have recognized that he's getting a lot better. And the guy is, um, he's the original truck on top. I think Ozzy, honestly, um, might've been the first guy that, that, uh, that phrase was used for. Um, and that was Ever. completely correct. That was completely correct. Um, and you know, I, I do have Grant in this fight as well. I have a, a, a rather significant wager on him, uh, at plus money and, uh, you know, I just think thinking about this fight is that Demir, his game is kind of a jab guy, throw straight punches. He's very he's a very decision oriented fighter. And when he's winning these decisions, he kind of he prefers to fight clean. He wants you at distance. He wants to jab you to outstrike you at distance. And if the fight isn't at that ideal distance for him, he doesn't really thrive too well. You know, and I just think that that there's no way Grant Dawson is going to hang out at the ideal distance for Demir here. He's going to be pressuring Demir. He's going to be trying to get Demir pinned to the cage. The small cage here has to be a benefit for Grant Dawson. And I, I do think that he is at a striking disadvantage. Demir is the better pure striker out of the two. But watching Demir's fight against Armand Sarukin, it's just every time Armand pressured and he looked to get the fight to the fence, Demir was a magnet to the fence. He kept backing up. He just didn't have the footwork to circle away from Sarukian. Now, I don't think that Dawson is quite on the level of Armand, but I think that that, that, that game plan has been laid out. And, and we just saw Demir lose a fight the most decisively he's ever lost by someone in implementing a pressure-heavy, wrestling-heavy game plan. And that's what you know exactly what Grant Dawson is going to do. He's going to pressure, he's going to wrestle, and he's going to do it until until he's knocked out or he's winning honestly and with with Demir having that that you know reserve style being a decision fighter I just don't see Demir uh, ever you know hurting uh, Grant here enough to to deter Grant from just non-stop shooting takedowns so I think Grant will shoot takedowns he will hit them I don't think he's going to get clean you know flat top position I think it will be a lot of riding a lot of clinching against the fence but I just think Grant Dawson um you know has the much better game plan here the small cage is good for him the game plan's been laid out uh, Demir has kind of one foot out the door he was thinking about retiring before that last fight um and overall demir his ufc career has been pretty underwhelming you know looking at looking back on his wins um you know i think the guy is a good fighter but i think that this matchup with grand is probably just his biggest flaw as a fighter so that's why i gotta go with grand at plus money um i saw him trending towards a favorite he's now pick him i think he'll probably close as a slight favorite here so uh this will be grant dawson for me in the co-main event nice to see the ufc putting him in a co-main event too biggest biggest profile fight of his ufc tenure so far and that's going to bring us to the main event 
middleweight division, another middleweight main event. Sean Strickland taking on Abus Magomedov. Strickland, the slight favorite here, minus 146. Abus plus 126. So not a whole lot of people have like a firm opinion of Abus. He only has 20 seconds in the UFC. Uh, you know, he did punt Dustin Sofu's head off his face and finish him very quickly in that one. That was impressive. But just going back and watching this guy's fights, I mean, who the who the hell knows what to make of this guy? You know, his his uh, PFL fight before. Oh, no, it wasn't even PFL. It was um uh the KSW fight. You know, he looked kind of like a bad grappler in that fight. He he was going for the guillotine multiple times. He finally did eventually get it, but I did not like the way he was reacting to takedowns in that fight. He looked like he could be wrestled by some guys. Honestly, Strickland probably is a good chance to take him down if he wants to. I don't think Sean will <clears throat> use, I, I know, I know Sean will not use it as his his uh, plan A game plan. He will of course strike first, but I think if, you know, the striking's difficult or in late in the fight when it gets to the rounds where um, Strickland has the bigger advantage. I think the takedowns will be there for Sean Strickland. Um, and, you know, I don't know what to make of the guy striking on the feet. Sure, he he knocked out Stolfus, but he also got knocked out by Lewis Taylor. Um, he was struggling on the feet versus uh, versus Cy in PFL and needed takedowns to win that fight. So I just don't think the guy has beaten anybody remotely good enough to be this price versus Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's a proven five round fighter. He will have a pretty defined advantage in the third, fourth and fifth round here. And if Abus doesn't finish Sean in the first and second round, I think Sean's just going to absolutely run away with it in these later rounds. So I think Sean money line is good enough. Look for Sean live. And then Sean's three, four, five props as well here. Um, you know, 12, 16, 20 to one on those odds. Uh, so this should be all Sean for me. I trust him here, and I will end up on him here too under minus 150. What are you thinking here? I'm not sure about this fight. I don't I don't really like this fight too much. I mean, Abus, I give him a little bit more credit than I think most people are. Um, you know, Sean Strickland, the thing is, doesn't have the power. Um, you know, Abus, this is the thing. You, like your theory, you remember your theory on, oh, you know, first time in an event, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, the guy looks to conserve energy for the later rounds. That's probably going to be Abus. And Abus, I think, is defensively okay enough, and he's long. I think he's got a reach advantage here, if I'm not mistaken, um, that maybe he kind of zigs when people think he's zagging. They think, oh, he's just going to come out, look to knock, you know, Shuglin's head off his shoulders. Or maybe he's just going to be a little bit more timid overall. So that probably leans more towards Sean Strickland winning anyway. But I just think the fight's probably going to go over. Over three and a half at my NS one fifty, decent. I don't think it's a great price, but I would nah. lean towards that. I would lean towards that direction. But um, you know, maybe Sean Strickland is active and tries to, but he's on the knee. I just think he needs to use grappling to wear the guy out for him to be able to finish him in the first three rounds. Um, and then I mean he could get finished himself, but I I, I just don't think that Albus is gonna blow his wad. Um, looking for a finish here, so um. But uh, I think this will be a high-level mixed martial arts display by both the guys. But uh, it's hard for me to really pick a guy on this on the value, so like uh, quote-unquote value. Um, I, I I'd probably lean with the guy. Obviously, he's got the five-round experience in Strickland, but I'm not. I'm definitely not going to bet this one because I think it, it, it's probably gonna be close. So you could get a live price on. 
my my thesis my thesis on the five round doesn't apply here. I missed it big time last week with the with uh, Emmett and Taporio that I really should have been all over that one. That was pretty pathetic to miss that one. But I don't think it applies here just because um, I just think there's the cliff for Magomedov here. Mm. I think could be steep and you know could be early. And like, if what does that mean? Like, I think that he can fall off a uh, fall off a cliff here if the, the fight isn't going his way after a there round. There are no cliffs in the octagon, dude. No, there is. Um, and, and also if you're talking over, if over three and a half, if this fight goes 17 and a half minutes, don't mm-hmm. you think that Strickland is going to be like a pretty significant favorite at that point? Maybe you better off just, if you think it goes over, I think you should be on Strickland money line. Honestly, I don't, I don't like the overs here. I think, um, you know, obviously Strickland could get, you know, knocked the fuck out in the first two rounds too. So, you know, I just feel the over covers much more of Sean's win equity than it does obviously. So, um, I don't like the over here. Um, I wouldn't blame anybody for waiting on Strickland live, but I think I think he'll be good here, man. I, I'm not impressed by Abus at all. Um, but that's enough about this one. Clocking in right under an hour, 57 minutes or so, give or take. Um, we'll be back before International Fight Week card next week. Yair Rodriguez versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Cannot wait for that one. Pantoja Moreno trilogy should be a really good card. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening to this podcast. Hope you all enjoy the fights and win some bets this weekend. We'll see you all before the next UFC card next week. Peace out, everyone.